Hey everyone, before we get into the show today, I just wanted to give you a quick update on the podcast. So today's episode is going to be a bonus interview that I did with Gina Madison, who is an awesome entrepreneur. Um, This interview is a little bit of a coaching interview combo together. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, The reason that this one is coming out today instead of our normal um, interview podcast is because I'm going to be moving to doing every other week that a podcast episode is coming out. And this is purely because it fits better with my schedule and the work that I'm doing. As entrepreneurs, we know that we need to be focusing as much as we can on the things that are going to move our business forward, um, the things that are most important. And I highly value doing this podcast. um, But I'm trying to do some things that are going to push the existing episodes out more um, in terms of marketing and growth. And so that means I need to take some time away from searching for new guests, preparing for them and doing the interviews every single week. Um, So instead, we're going to be going to every other week model, um, at least for now. And I'll sprinkle some bonus episodes like this one that we have today in there. Um, But let me know what you guys think of this style of episode, um, if you enjoy it and uh something that you could do to help me get the podcast um, growing and get it off the ground is sharing it with anybody that you believe could um, benefit from today's episode, from the things that you hear. That's the number one way that you can help the podcast grow. So I appreciate you all and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Evolve. My name is Brandon Silver and I believe that evolution of the world requires evolution of the individual. I believe entrepreneurs are consistently changing that world and we always will be. So with this show, I will bring you the people and ideas with tools necessary to hack your growth in your business and your life. Together, let's ask the world's biggest questions, build businesses to solve them, and live happy and fulfilling lives in the process. It's time to evolve. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody that's listening, and then tell me a little bit about all the work that you're doing. Oh, okay. Well, I'm Gina Madison, and I have been, wow, what? What haven't I been doing is the question. <laughs> so initially, I, I've, been doing, um, I've been doing work with artists and creatives and uh, basically making websites, helping them with branding, telling their story. Uh, storytelling is a big component of everything I do, uh, okay. which makes sense. You know, I just, I just graduated in May with my master's in journalism. So that's what I love to do. And yeah, um, yeah so what and then I I met you soon thereafter (laughs) Mm -hmm. and after that I joined this book writing program where I am now writing a book about creativity and entrepreneurship and that really spiraled I don't know if that's the right word it spiraled into something bigger where it's really focusing on internal value versus external value systems Mm -hmm. and just such an exploration of healing and Mm -hmm. um, how artists can use practices in business and how entrepreneurs can use creative, I don't know, creative practices to heal. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. So that's taking up my time in addition to the fact that I also got a full-time job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that started, what am I on week five coming up and it's a marketing job where I'm doing a little of everything. So, uh, so yeah, that is my, my life right now. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about what it meant for you to take a full-time job while you were still being an entrepreneur. Yeah, this is, uh, this is weird. It's actually the first time in my life I've ever had a full-time job. So, mm-hmm. um, 
I will be 29 at the end of this month. And that feels very surreal. Uh, when I tell people that they go like, wow, that's amazing that you could not have a full-time job for so long. And my mm -hmm. response was always like, mm, I wasn't really given a lot of opportunity um, or I wasn't doing things in the right way. And I didn't understand how to help myself or, or really, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You know, right. <laughs> I always say, so how do you even start the search to figure out what you don't know? So that was a big thing where, uh, finally, I think after getting my master's, I went through just huge emotional and life changes that completely opened up, um, my ability to see myself and really self-evaluate, uh, realistically mm -hmm. that, that totally helped me figure out like, okay, I can still do what I want to do and need to do as mm. this entrepreneur, as someone who likes helping people, as someone who has this need to create. But in this society, I also need to like live, you know, eat, right. <laughs> alter, right. So, um, so getting a full-time job, finally, that was like, that became my goal. Um, which I never really emphasized before, which is maybe another reason it never happened. You know, I always had simultaneous contract jobs, part-time jobs, um, my own freelance work. So this was mm -hmm. like, I was really scared. I was like, oh my God, like nine to five, am I going to have a life? Like right. My own? <laughs> right. Like, you know, you always hear people complain like, oh, I just go home and I watch TV and fall asleep. Mm. You know, or I have no social life until the weekend. And it's, that's very surreal to me mm -hmm. uh, because a job should support your life, not the other way around. Right. So that was something I was very worried about. And so I tried to cram all this work in for myself before I started the job. And I realized once I was there, like, wow, this is actually I mean, I work at a company that's very good with work-life balance to begin with. So that was very like uh, helpful. <laughs> mm -hmm. But when I got there, I realized too that everything I'm doing and all the connections I'm making with people at the job, um, in addition to the fact that like I'm not so focused on myself from mm -hmm. those nine to five hours, it really helped me uh, take a step back from my own work every day to get perspective on what I'm doing and kind of pre-plan in my head you know, what I'm going to do later. And now I understand why people get up at like 4.30 or 5 a.m. and do things before work. Like, right. I thought that was crazy. And um, I found myself doing that. Like I've been falling asleep before 10 at night, which is ridiculous mm. for me. And um, then I, I uh, yeah, wake up at 4.30 or 5 and I write all morning till I go in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you feel that the job has empowered you, empowered you more as an entrepreneur? I think it created structure and accountability to myself that mm. I didn't have before. Not because, not because I'm not good with structure um, or that mm -hmm. accountability, but because uh, I think a lot of times when you're doing stuff for yourself, like I was, it's hard for me to completely qualify everything or mm. for me to set timelines and deadlines just for myself. Right. Um, so, oh, you know, I could do this tomorrow and am I prioritizing the right things or not? So mm. this actually really helped me to prioritize, like, what can I do in this one hour I have? And that I am getting way more done in those like one hour blocks than I was. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's actually much more helpful than I thought. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the subject of your book and this idea of an artist and an entrepreneur and kind of what those labels mean. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing of the book, right? Labels. Mm-hmm. So initially, I started writing this book about how artists and creatives could scale their their art into a business to grow alongside these communities they helped to create. That was always this big, I don't know, tagline, whatever. And over time, it turned into this investigation. You know, it's like you go researching to find stuff to substantiate your points. And then you're like, oh, wait, 50 new ideas. And now my point is inconsequential. And it's actually this. So um, the book, yeah, became really this exploration of artists and how all artists are entrepreneurial or have the propensity and how all entrepreneurs are creative. And so it's really a book about creativity and honing that. And where does creativity come from? Trauma. And, you know, how do we express our feelings and our needs and this internal need for connection through our innate creativity? And at the same time, how do we see that separation between our own value and the Mm -hmm. way our value is perceived by others, which leads into validation? And so that's where these labels come in, where I've really found a lot of artists or people who call themselves artists. They're, they're not, (laughs) I mean, I, and that's so funny to say, you know, for the first time maybe, but uh, you can be extremely creative and it doesn't mean that you're an artist. Art is your product and it's a product of production. You can mm-hmm. be creative and people can say, wow, you're so creative. That's amazing. You could do so many things with that. But ultimately, is that your product or are you just creating for the sake of creating for yourself? Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of artists who struggle with business first, they struggle because they have something they want to share and tell other people in the idea of art as a product really conflates the idea of, well, now I have to produce something that will sell and that mm-hmm. takes all of the, the joy out of it. And so, um, you know, me, I was always told I'm an artist. It was actually assumed I would go to art school. Um, it didn't occur to me till I got to art school that I, I didn't want to be there. <laughs> I'm very creative, but that is not ultimately what I produce. And that's mm-hmm. not what I want to produce. So um, it's a big exploration of how labels projected onto us by others dictate how we act and um, unhappiness or happiness. (laughs) Yeah. How did these uh, show up in your own life, in your own sense of value for yourself? Yeah. Well, oh, how did what? Oh, there's so many things. (laughs) I'm just curious how those those labels and those values in yourself, how did those show up? Well, that was a whole year journey when I was uh, just last year getting my master's here in Syracuse. And uh, it was like, so for me, relationships give me that validation. I know a lot of people get that maybe from work or from Mm -hmm. something else, but it's relationships. And I connect with people really easily. And at the same time, those connections led me into a lot of introspection where I realized all the people I gravitated towards were people I could identify with. Well, why? And I kept asking myself why. And I finally uh, stopped being resistant to thinking that it's them, it's them, it's them. 
Mm -hmm. thought, well, you know, I see a lot of myself in them. Is that still who I am? You know, and I started to, oh, it was a whole, a whole thing about just, oh my God, I had so many epiphanies. (laughs) It's actually what I'm trying to figure out, like how to convey in the book, because there's so Mm -hmm. many things I've gone through, but ultimately it came down to identity. And I had this website, the girl Mirage, which I still Mm -hmm. have. And I'm really just trying to make that about my art, you know? Uh, which is how it started. And then I started getting jobs and work where I created graphic design and web design for other people. And that really obfuscated my own identity and why I even created art. And over time, I just started building these external walls where Mm. I, I used them to say like, hey, I made this external structure. This is who I am. And I always struggled for years trying to figure out, I always write new bios, like how do I convey who I am and what I'm doing? And it never felt right because it wasn't me. I mean, it's so last year, I finally realized that the business that I'm going to continue working on, it was still another external structure that I created to make me appear one way instead of really being Mm-hmm. That, that way or who I am. So, um, yeah, I finally, I spoke to my advisor at school actually, and she's the one who really helped me and started me on the research of artists and society and all this. And I was like, I'm just so dissatisfied with my business and I just feel like I'm losing myself and I really want to be focusing on me. And she said, well, that's what we need to do then because this is going to throw off everything else. If you don't know who you are, and you don't identify your own message. Right. So, um, yeah, that was, that's when I realized, like, I am both an artist and an entrepreneur. I am, um, I am, yes. And am I still going to make art? Yes. But my real focus is uh, innovating and creating new ideas and things for others. Mm. So I think that's when I really realized why I and so many artists I know have disdain for the term artist because the focus is on the product and not the person and we lose ourselves. Yeah. Who originally gave you those labels? Where did you get them from? My parents, Mm -hmm. like for sure. Yeah. My, um, you know, how your parents can tell you, oh, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist or accountant, whatever. Right. And you end up going to school for that. And the whole time you're like, oh, I really want to be an illustrator or a photographer. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's my dad and all of his brothers. There's the lawyer, the dentist, the accountant. But at the same time, the accountant is one of the most amazing illustrators I have ever seen. My uncle uses gouache like you would you've never seen. I mean, because <laughs> who uses gouache anymore? An amazing illustrator. Um, but you know, he did it on the side his whole life. My dad, mm-hmm. amazing photographer. Um, but again, did it on the side, you know? And so my parents really wanted me, I think, to have what they, they didn't this, mm-hmm. but by giving me that, they didn't, they didn't just say you can do what you want. They specifically said, you're going to art school to be an artist. Right. So they still did the same thing. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. It's funny because growing up, I taught myself how to code. Like I wanted to go to computer camp. There were a million mm. other things I wanted to do uh, that my parents were like, oh, you could do that in school. Oh, you can do this or that. But the things they would pay for or support were the things that they ultimately wanted me to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
um, that's where those labels came from. Yeah. Artist really. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I gave myself the name entrepreneur because I realized that's truly what I've been doing. (laughs) Right. When did that switch for you when you were, you know, stop striving for that external validation and kind of the goals somebody else laid out for you to that internal value. And really I see that as when you switch those labels, that external was the artist and that internal you had was the entrepreneur. And so when did that switch happen for you? Yeah, I love, wow. I love that uh, analysis. (laughs) And this is perfect timing because honestly it happened in the last year. Mm. I mean, you're catching me right in the middle of this whole like, crazy thing. I don't want to say mm. existential growth. Is that what it is? I don't know. But you're catching me right in the middle of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It happened really in the last like three months as I'm writing this book. Mm. Um, and the guy running the book program, his name is Eric Kester. He's a professor out of Georgetown. And he just posted something recently online that said, what did it say? It said a lot of people end up writing a book, not based on what they know, but based on what they want to know, something they want to research, something they want to learn about. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I thought I was writing a book about something that I knew that I was going to continue researching, ended up just totally opening my eyes to Mm -hmm. everything else. So yeah, it was writing this book that did it, I think. (laughs) Yeah. How's that um, felt for you for the that identity switch to happen? Weird. Um, mm. Weird because um, other people still call me an artist. Not in a bad way, obviously. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you're an artist. And you're so analytical. It's always this, this extra little note. Like, and you're this other thing that's societally acceptable. You know, it's like that other little. Yeah. It's been weird. Um, Mm. It's felt kind of weird. And it's been, uh, but it's felt really good because Mm. at the same time, I am being recognized for my my true value. I'm really climbing out of those labels. And Mm. um, yeah, it's a little surreal. Uh, It doesn't, it's funny. (laughs) It feels so much like me. It feels so right that Mm -hmm. I take a step back because for the first time I'm not uncomfortable, if that makes any sense, where I'm like, wait, like when's the other shoe going to drop? Right. Is that the expression? Like I'm very like, this feels so right. It's unlike anything that I felt before. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it sounds like you've found more of an appreciation of your own value. So, you know, you have people recognizing your value, but it sounds like you're recognizing your own value as well. Yes, exactly. I think uh, it it was me first. I recognized my value and I started finally communicating that. And Mm. so others just mirrored what I said instead Mm. of me mirroring what they said about me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's um, that's tricky. I think a lot of people do that, you know, so I think really um, being able to control the narrative right of my own life. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a a powerful force um, for anybody, but definitely an entrepreneur. I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do is control our own narrative of our life, um, you know, financially and what we want to build and have an impact within the world. So how do you feel, you know, this kind of journey that you're on right now, this identity switch, finding that value for yourself? How has that empowered you as an entrepreneur? Oh, man. Um, 
it, <laughs> it makes me reconsider like everything I've done. It, it's mm-hmm. like, I understand now the, the core reasons for the things I've done mm-hmm. beyond the layers of business and, and monetary value and whatever on top of it. Uh, I really understand. Yeah. I, I think, um, a lot. It has changed a lot. It has changed the way I look at people, evaluate mm. my relationships, because now, now I'm seeing everyone is so valuable. I know that sounds so funny. I mean, it's like, you know, everyone is valuable for some reason, right. but you can really, I mean, when you know yourself and how to communicate who you are, the mm. person on the other side of that conversation they start doing a little more introspective work. And even mm-hmm. when it's on the spot, they really, they, you, you really understand more of who they are. They really come out with that and they start doing that work. And it's kind of a cascading effect. It's been, um, you know, and the connections are what for me at least drive everything I do mm-hmm. and the businesses I want to run the one that I'm working on that's on the back burner right now. <laughs> so um, that has been very big. It has been like being able to look at the world like binary, like zeros and ones and Mm. knowing exactly what it means, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, something that you also do, I've seen that you mentor, you just did a startup weekend um, with a group of people. How has finding yourself been able to empower you as a leader for those other people? Oh, wow. So, (laughs) yeah, I just did. um, So I guess this started me on the path. I've I've received a few more requests to be a mentor for these startups, uh, specifically starting with those out of SU Launchpad, Blackstone Mm -hmm. Launchpad out of Syracuse University. I spent my whole year with them. That's where my advisor is. (laughs) But um, it's it's great because I worked alongside them when I was a student. And we were all working together. And now I have this perspective, not only having gone through all these initial stages of a startup myself, but mm-hmm. now seeing my own value and identifying that my, my brand is not my product, right? Mm-hmm. And that is this big thing. Um, you know, Rich Keller, you met Rich mm-hmm. Keller, right? Yeah. that's his whole, that's what he says over and over. Like your brand is not your product. And I have been saying that all the time since, and it makes so much sense. And that has been something I've been driving home with all these startups. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I keep telling them. And you can see the look on their face, like, Oh, duh. Like, it's like, we know it, but we have to be told to our face to really get it and Mm -hmm. process that. And that's something like if someone told me that five years ago, that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think understanding my value um, has really helped me to show other people like you have value and the work you're doing is valuable to you beyond the product. So what is mm-hmm. that mission and what is this brand you're making and why? And mm-hmm. I think that gets a lot of people thinking and maybe even reevaluating their endeavor, you know? Yeah. I think uh, part of it is, you know, you just said like, we logically can hear that and we know it, but it's something different to logically know that, to speak it, but to actually feel it. And I think that's the difference is what you have found is when you connect to your identity, to who you are and dig into what the goals that you want, not what somebody else has laid out for you, yes. that that mission is spoken more authentically and felt, not just, you know, made into a business and we're trying to make money off of it. or It's a, you know, tagline we write on our website 
but really it's something we feel. Completely. That's, I think, I think what you said totally, it just ties into like me feeling like Mm -hmm. things are right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've finally like took in the words, they resonate with me and I'm spitting them back out. I don't know. You said it, you said it perfectly. (laughs) I totally agree. Yeah. Um, Tell me what is your mission? Uh, As a person? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's funny because I always say connection. That is my biggest, I think I creating connection is so important. And Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know until again, researching for this book, it's like you feel it, but you can't explain it. And then Mm -hmm. I found this research that actually shows that we're, we're neurologically like biologically programmed to connect. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a need we have. And it's so funny. I've been, I've always felt like that was my mission. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was trying to do all these other things that really sidelined that. I really, I wasn't putting enough attention to that core connectivity. It's, it's really all about connections. And I think my mission is not only to connect with so many people, but I love connecting them with each other. Like my mission is really to just connect everyone. Mm. I mean, ultimately that's, I've always loved that. It's so important. Now I can quantify it with data. Wow. Mm -hmm. So now all these people who like need the data can really get behind it, (laughs) you know? So, um, yeah, for me, that's my mission. Yeah. And how is this showing up in your work that you're doing now? Um, wow. Well, it's kind of crazy because I, now it makes sense. Like, why did I go to school for journalism? You know, it's like I went, but it wasn't until later when I was like, oh, wow. Like my, my strength has always been writing profiles. Mm Mm-hmm and interviewing people. And at the end of interviews, people are like, Oh my God, like, I forgot that was an interview. This was great. Like, you're so good at this. And, um, it's because it's just creating connections, sharing your story with other people. And that's, I guess, to answer your question, I'm, I'm like thinking as you know, I, I tell this story, I'm yeah. thinking, but, um, I think that's how it's shown up in my work. I think it's where, um, you know, writing this book, my, my lifelong need to write, uh, it just really ties into the fact that I tell stories and I tell stories so other people can connect, mm-hmm. not just to me, you know, as someone who's facilitating a story, but um, to the story I'm telling, you know, they can connect with this person they've never met and like, wow, I can identify with that. Okay. I see what they did. They, when they were going through a similar struggle, you know, how can I take that same advice or same tool? and use it for my struggle, mm-hmm. you know? So I think, um, <clears throat> I think that's, that's really how it has impacted what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Did that answer the question? Yeah. Okay. And, and <laughs> what do you think, uh, what do you think the power of story is for finding your identity for finding, you know, those things that we've been talking about? Yeah. Well, oh my goodness. The power of telling a story. I mean, someone else's story and the questions they ask you say so much about them. Mm -hmm. You know, so if someone, if you know, someone has a traumatic past, right. But the story they tell about themselves doesn't touch on that. There's something that's missing for them. 
They're mm-hmm. not connecting some dot. They're not doing the work they need to do um, really to become this holistically well-rounded person. You know, not like you need to do sports and also math to get into a good college. You look well-rounded, not that kind of well-rounded, you know. But, right. Um, yeah. So I think, um, wow, I totally lost sight of your question. <laughs> I know. Oh, storytelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> storytelling. So um, I think it's so important to just first you have to be vulnerable. And you have to open yourself up to sharing your story. And the more you do that, the more you realize other people will, will validate you and say that's perfectly valid to feel that way or think that. And, um, you know, that creates feedback where you can now say, okay, well, let me introspect a little more. Um, I think that really helps people dig into who they are so they can better tell their story, communicate who they are, and hear it. I think it's, mm. they have to hear it, uh, too. So that's, you know, how people say, like, I never said this out loud before. Like I did that right. earlier. It's like, it's very powerful to hear yourself say these mm-hmm. words for that to vibrate inside of you. Like, you know, I think that's very important. Everyone should tell their story, you know, their mm-hmm. real story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's been the most powerful part of your story that's helped you in this transformation? Ugh. Oh man, that's a big one. That's, that's <laughs> the most powerful part of um, I, I think that, hmm, is there a way we can go more specific so I can answer that? Hmm. I mean, go as specific as, as you would like. Ask what, me again. And what has been the most powerful part of your story that has helped you in this transformation, you know, this identity shift that you've had? I think the most powerful part has been acknowledging that um, I did a lot of things or didn't do a lot of things out of fear, anger, spite, um, the big three, I'll call it. (laughs) Uh, You know, I could be vulnerable to such a point where people were like, wow, that's so amazing. And I received so much positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. Uh, on one end that I wasn't doing all this work on another end and I wasn't really facing myself. There was this sort of arrogance, I think, um, to thinking I had it all figured out. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know. I don't know how I would tell anyone to get around that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like grow up is really what does it like, like growing up does Mm -hmm. it for you. So I think I've met, so many people, like I, you know, I meet a lot of people in their early twenties who are figuring things out at the same time that I am now. And I'm five years older or something. And in your twenties, five years makes a big difference because you know, everything's forming. Right. Right. Um, in the scheme of things, five years is not a big deal. No, but <laughs> it's so funny to see like where I'm at now. So mm-hmm. many young people are going through that at the same time. And I'm like, wow, like what would have happened if I paid attention to myself like 10 years ago, Mm. (laughs) you know? So it's been a lot of like, instead of being bitter or resentful to myself and to others that, well, this could have happened 10 years ago or whenever it's I'm here now 
start now. So that way my future can be what I want it to be. And what is that future? What is it you want it to be? I want to write books the rest of my life. Mm. And I want to connect a lot of ideas that seem disparate to a lot of people that when you research them, you can't find concrete answers or you can't even find other people's research on these holistic ideas. That's something I really want to do. I want to identify all these little components that are ultimately parts of larger systems and mm. put them together and share them with everyone. And I think disseminating information uh, is a huge, like I need that, like I need to do that for others, right. um, for myself and then share it. Cause like, why would you keep information to yourself? That's not helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very, very wonderful superpower And it brings me back to this idea of what an artist is. And if you think about it, they take, you know, images of thoughts, feelings, stories that maybe can't be portrayed to other people. And they create something of art out of these things by combining these parts. You are doing the same exact thing in a different sense, but it's still the same modality. You know, yes, speaking of modality, I love that you just said that because mm-hmm. it's it's all creative and it's mm-hmm. all an expression of what we're thinking and feeling. And what I love is that we all have different ways of expressing these things, right? I think this is really funny. Something I've learned from dating apps recently, which is like I never thought I would... Something I learned from dating apps, like I never yeah. thought I'd say that, but um, a lot of people... I mean, a lot think that written communication is merely, you know, something to get to help you get to the point of um, oral uh, communication, speaking out loud. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's an entirely separate. It's an entirely separate way of communicating. Uh, It's not just a vehicle to get to another type of communication. It is uh, communication in and of itself. And to me, I've realized I've actually been telling people like, I've like been like, you know, I'm uh, written communication is extremely important to me. And it doesn't seem like uh, this is really going to go anywhere. <laughs> and so, you know, because I've, I've identified like that is something that's important to me and how I communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, a voice that I've developed for myself. You know, they're like you just said, painters paint, um, photographers take photos to tell different stories to explain the different things they're trying to say. Right. Um, same thing. Yeah. There's so many, so many, like, oh, I wish we talked more about, or not talked more, right? I wish we just did more mm-hmm. communicating in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you long-term want to be writing and yeah. be, be doing that. Yeah. What, uh, what are the steps you're taking now to sort of reach that vision? Well, funny. Uh, I got out of grad school only a few months ago. It's, it's very weird to say that it doesn't, it feels both long and short. I don't know. Uh, and I realized like I need a job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, the goal was to get a job to support me while I'm developing my business. Right. But when I started going through, well, what's actually valuable to me, like to me, Mm -hmm. not society, monetary value, Uh, I realized books, writing books was what's important to me. And Mm -hmm. 
a totally different person, you know, like a young entrepreneur was telling me they feel overwhelmed with life. They're doing, they were running three years into their business while they had a full-time job. They had no time for anyone or anything else. They felt like they were drowning. And I Mm -hmm. said, you're doing too many things. Stop taking on clients. Um, You know, focus on just two things at a time. And I looked at myself after the phone call and I was like, wow, (laughs) like I need to take that advice. Like, So I decided the best way to do that was to focus on one long-term goal and one short-term goal. Mm -hmm. And so my short-term goal was to get a full-time job. Uh, Not only was it like I needed it quickly, but also a a job is a job, right? So I just needed a a job. That's my short-term goal. My long-term goal is writing books. And so when I really prioritize these two things, um, it, it helped me to actually start writing a book. Like it mm. act, I joined this program. It helped me to focus all my energy and effort on that because I've been saying I want to write books since I was four. It's crazy. So that's a long time of not, <laughs> of not right. doing, right? So now I'm finally just doing it. Mm. Um, yeah, making my intentions very clear. Like I've been telling people I'm doing it, not only for accountability, but so they understand like I'm busy. I am busy mm-hmm. uh, doing for me something finally. <laughs> right. And you've, uh, you've said a couple of times that you've put your business on the back burner. So what do you mean by that? And how come it's on the back burner? It's still in there when you have this full-time thing of you want to be writing books. Right. So, um, so, okay. I think I'll, okay. I'll go in order. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the business is on the back burner because there is no way I would be able to continue developing that Mm -hmm. while writing a book. And so my real focus is on writing this book. I realize that I've been sidelining that for too long. So Mm -hmm. that's why I put that on hold. Um, I had a lot of stuff built out, you know, whole systems for working with people like automated processes. They're there and they will stay there, which is great. (laughs) So Um, but I do want to continue developing that, you know, the book will get published. Um, I don't know, speaking engagements, that's always fun, right? I would Mm -hmm. love to do that because ultimately that drives back to the business I want to do where it's about connecting people, um, workshops, mentoring, a whole community of connectivity through information. Uh, how can we help ourselves to help others? And so I think this feeds into my lifelong mission. You know, it's like I'm slapping a name on my lifelong mission at this point instead of the other way around, like making something external and trying to fit myself into it. Mm. So I think that's, yeah, that's that. (laughs) Yeah. And so are these pieces kind of connecting together as you go along the book, the business? Completely. Yeah. They, I remember I, I was telling my mom, I was like, wow, this is kind of amazing. When I'm working on the book, I'm also working on my business. Mm. So the same things I'm researching really tie into how I can better communicate uh, about my business um, with the people I'd like to work with, you know? So yeah, it all works. It all, this is why I feel like it really is my mission. Like this is Mm -hmm. right for me because it it all connects. Right. And how's this uh, made you feel now compared to a year ago? Let's say. So different like so good. Uh, a year ago, I just felt like I was hmm, 
producing for the sake of a product, I'll say, you know, I mm-hmm. needed, I didn't necessarily need instant gratification, but I was also in school and I made a lot of my business development parts of my classes. Mm. So I did have timelines and deadlines for that. And so I needed to have actual products, you know, produced. And so now, uh, now that I'm not, you know, oh my God, I need X, Y, and Z for this person. I'm thinking, okay, now I can really take a step back. And instead of producing this content, I can say, well, what's the system in which I'll be producing content in the future? So I I feel so much better being able to take this like higher view of everything, you know? So I, uh, I feel relieved. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Um, Have you come across any roadblocks as you have been doing this? So, you know, you've taken on this full-time job, you're writing a book, Obviously, that takes up a lot of time. Um, what what struggles have you had with that? You know what has always annoyed me, and it's just it's so bad right now. Is like your mind can be so awake, but your body just wants to pass out. Mm. That that is the biggest struggle right now. Trying to like I don't know, be awake. Um, you know, like you do the, the nine to five thing, but in reality, you're getting up at 5am to do some work first, breakfast, Mm -hmm. shower, whatever, go to work. So you're really up 12 hours by the time you're done with your day. And then you have a few hours to again, eat and like, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I just been falling asleep at like seven 30 at night and it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) It has sucked and I would love to be a little more awake. Mm. So I think it's also the change in the seasons right now. Horrible weather. Like it's ridiculous here. It went from 80 degrees to humid, rainy and 40 overnight. Mm -hmm. Literally it's been like everyone thinks they're getting sick or they're getting sick. And plus just a whole new routine for me. That's probably throwing off my, I I used to go to bed at 1am and wake up at 8am. So mm-hmm. it's, it's throwing off everything, you know, so regulation would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. uh, especially as an entrepreneur, as driven as we are, um, always wanting more time in a day to, you know, fulfill what we are trying to put out in the world. Yes. Oh my God. Balance is helpful. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I love the kind of the direction that this conversation went today. Tell me what has been the biggest aha moment or takeaway for you. From this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, You ask really good questions (laughs) (laughs) because yeah, no, thank you. They're really making me, they're making me define things for myself even more, which Mm -hmm. is very helpful. You know, it's like you always think the closet can be or you think you've just cleaned the closet. And then the next time you go to organize it, you're like, I never thought it could be cleaner. It's like Mm -hmm. that with me. Um, I just whatever you asked me earlier when I said that. What did I say? All artists aren't artists or they don't want to be artists. Wow. I don't even remember. But it was the first time I said that. And I was like, I'm not. You know, Mm. like I have been an artist, but that's 
not what I want to do. I think that was the biggest aha moment because I, I have never said that out loud before. Mm. I don't even know if I have fully formed it in a thought before. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Good. Well, planting those seeds, those thoughts for yourself. And luckily, uh, you can listen back to this in the audio form and get the exact line. Yes. Thank you. This is great. Yeah. Um, So I also love to level up myself. And what feedback do you have for me as an interviewer, as a coach? Oh, oh, man. Um, I was actually going to ask you, like, that last question, when you asked me, like, what have I been struggling with? I would mm-hmm. love like your thoughts on mm-hmm. that or like how I can do better. That's such mm-hmm. a broad, vague statement, but yeah, that would be, I would love that. Cause that's your expertise. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think the amount of work that you've done to really understand who you are and find that internal validation, I think has been wonderful and understanding the sort of value structure for yourself um, and saying, you know, no, I want to actually write this book when I've been putting it off for years. Um, I think it's going to be powerful for you now, but I think it's going to be even more powerful for you as you move through your business um, and the things that you start doing. And I really want you to lean into that superpowers, you know, that you have of making communities of bringing people together of distilling ideas you know from multiple places that people it may seem esoteric but when you bring it all together like you're actually painting that picture and realizing for yourself that you know you are an entrepreneur and you are an artist yes I love that you just said painting that picture (laughs) (laughs) that was nice oh thank you oh that was Mm -hmm. a nice uplifting moment Thanks. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So where can everybody find out more about you and the work that you're going to be doing? Oh, well, they can go to my website, uh, Mm -hmm. which is GinaMadison.com. If you spell it phonetically, it will redirect you to my actual website, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is uh, G-E-E-N-A-M-A-T-U-S-O-N.com. Looks like Matusin, sounds like Madison. Uh, And I have all the social media, you know, it's at Gina Madison again. Gina, like Gina Davis, mm-hmm. Madison, like Matusin. Uh, yeah, hit me up. I am trying to post a lot. I would love to talk with people. I get a lot of people just hitting the like button, would love mm-hmm. some engagement, mm-hmm. would love to just share back and forth, hear stories. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> really building that community engagement, not just hitting the right. like button. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Yeah. Well, this thank was you so much. Yeah, um, thank you so much, Gina, for coming on today and sharing everything that you have. It's been great. I think this is going to not only help us um, in our own thinking, but I think help everybody else that is listening. Yeah, no, thank you. This was so awesome and very flattering that you thought of me for this. So thank you. I was so happy to be on and just share and everything. This is Mm -hmm. great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. As you know, word of mouth is the number one way for things to grow. Evolve is not just a podcast, but a movement. And to help this movement grow, I would appreciate so much if you were to share this podcast episode with a friend, with another entrepreneur, with an early stage founder who needs inspiration and the tools and tactics to make an impact on this world. So please share this episode. And until next time, my friend, keep evolving.